0: Well, welcome everyone to Carving a New Path. This is the second episode. And um, my guest today is Sean Higgins. So I'm gonna just start by saying, before I introduce Sean, that most of us were raised in a society that encourages productivity and do, do, do. And here we are at a time of global shutdown. It has disrupted our daily routines, and given us a chance to pause and reflect on our lives, to practice going inward. And with my guest, Sean Higgins, today, we're going to talk about what led him to write his book, Living Your Purposeful Life, in 2013, and talk about the morning calm meditations that he started a few weeks ago to support people during this time of change. Well, Sean is the CTO of Herjavec Group in Canada, the largest independent security company. He And CTO, for anyone who doesn't know, is Chief Technology Officer. He is also a certified coach, and that's actually where Sean and I met. We met at, in the in waken coaching program and formed a friendship that has been going on for over 10 years now. I just realized, yeah, how time flies. Well, welcome, Sean.
1: Thanks, Andrea. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that you're here to have this conversation because it really is a time of, um, you know, it's funny. I was watching somebody else doing a show, and although this is going to be an audio recording, it's also a video, and all of a sudden the cat jumped up, and started drinking out of my water. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, so much for that cup of water. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just shows the kind of adjustment and disruption that you know, if someone has kids or animals at home. Because you were, although you've worked remotely from home at times, mm-hmm. you are now full time yeah. working remotely yeah. from home. Mm-hmm. And what kind of an adjustment has that been for
1: you? Well, it's it's been a very interesting adjustment, you know, because I actually started out two weeks before uh, we were told we had to work from home because I had a cough, and you know, we're starting to get all that nervousness around COVID nineteen, and I figured having a cough in the office, people would just go nuts, so I just stayed at home and started then. Um, I think one of the biggest adjustments that I've done is I make sure at the beginning and end of every day, I go for a walk. First off, because I love being in nature. And second of it kind of helps me separate the start of business and the end of business from the rest of everything else. Because I used to have a drive to work and now I got no drive. So that's my drive time. So that's that's been the biggest adjustment that I've made because I found, you know, I was finding that at the end of the day, if I wasn't when I wasn't doing that, I was just exhausted, really just worn down. And now I get to the end of day, you know, somewhere between four and six, and I go for my nice long walk, and I'm a little bit more invigorated after that business day.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. I love that because I think that is part of what we're all trying to figure out, right? Like what mm-hmm. is our new routine and ha- yep. having some sort of structure that sets mm-hmm. boundaries to the day. Um, and to me, it's it's like what the fact that your t- the title of your book, Live Your Purposeful Life, mm-hmm. is it not live a purposeful life, but it's like, no, yours. Like what's unique right. to you? Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. What is the structure that you need right now? to be living your life and how do you mm-hmm. support that? And again, all kinds of different things, depending on someone's situation and all. So right. I love yeah. that, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, I wanna, I mean, one of the things I'm hearing people say is that for, for those of us who are working remotely or who've had an online business, and have some some structure already in our lives mm-hmm. We're starting to think about well i don't have that commute to work or i don't go out in the evening for this maybe it's time for me to write my book you mm-hmm. know or to create something else to really tune into creativity so I just i wanted to talk about your book because it has so many great examples of how to uh find a deeper meaning in your mm-hmm. life how to Uh, reflect and ask questions. And so I'm just going to read. This is on Amazon as part of the description. And then I have a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, So in the description, it says, as part of the process, many of us forget what we came into this lifetime to experience. In living your purposeful life, I'm going to share my journey. And I hope that through my sharing, you are going to start questioning how you are acting, what you believe, and who you should be. And on the other side, you will start living your purposeful life. So I wanted to start by asking you if you would share a moment in your life when you began to ask questions. I know it's more than once. It's not, this is not, not a one-time event, but whatever kind of comes up for you to share.
1: Huh, boy, there are so many different times. You know, I think that I've always been a curious person. So asking to try and understand what's going on, how things work has always been a part of, uh, you know, part of me, you know, being curious and trying things. Um, I think one of the times, and so just a little bit of history about the Herjivac group. Uh, the Herjavec Group was founded by three people, Robert Herjavec. So you've been, you've seen Shark Tank. You know he's the nice shark. Mm-hmm. George Frampong and myself. Okay. The three of us started this company in 2003. Um, Robert's first company lasted eight years. So at about, uh, you know, six or seven years into the company, I started going to myself and saying, okay, we're at six or seven years in. Robert may sell this company at any time, which he hasn't now. It's where it's 17. But at that time I was like, what am I going to do after this is done? Hmm. You know, because I was not looking at going back in and doing the same thing. Not that I don't like what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing most of the time, but it was looking at it and saying, what would that next chapter be? And, That is when I started looking at coaching programs because I really wanted, I really liked talking to people, helping people out, listening to them. And I said, a coach, that's a perfect, perfect segue. So I took one coaching program uh, with Christy Whitman. And as that one was wrapping up, you know, I, I learned a lot from that program, but I also knew that I hadn't really grown enough to become that coach that I wanted to be. And that's when uh, I came across the Awaken coaching program that you and I took in mm-hmm. 2010. You know, so uh, that was just one of many times where I was sitting down saying, What am I going to do next?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that you just said was that you knew you hadn't grown enough or you knew mm-hmm. that you needed more. What was an indication of that for you? Can you talk about it as? a feeling or something that happened that you thought I need more practice or I need more instruction. What, what was that? I just feel like if we can unravel this a little bit more, it may help people to reflect on something that's going on in their lives.
1: Yeah. When I, when I finished Christy Whitman's program, I I felt I had the tools, but I didn't have the, uh, hmm. I didn't feel I was ready to be a coach to really to really help people. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had all these tools, but I didn't understand them enough to be able to help somebody. And then, you know, because it didn't feel different, or you know, and I felt there was something different that I needed to learn. And again, there was also a feeling of that's not enough for me to help people. Mm-hmm. And when I came along to uh, at the awaken coaching program, you know, it was about reading energy. And I had no idea about anything about reading energy. And uh, I remember the first weekend we had with it where, you know, we we're sitting there and David's going in, well, the energy does this, and energy does that. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is all great, good knowledge. And then he says, okay, turn to the person next to you and read their energy. We had four minutes. I said five words and laughed for the other three minutes and 55 seconds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at the end of that, luckily it was near the end of the, that day, I was like, I'm never coming back. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luckily I pulled myself up and, you know, (laughs) and jumped in and, you know, after in the second day, it was a totally different experience for me, but that really got me going into that space
0: why do you think that you laughed during that time instead so it's like okay five words and then laughter what was it about like where was the
1: laughter coming from do you think uh the laughter was coming from and you know i guess if i look back at it uh laughter is me i like to laugh laugh a lot of times yes you do um <laughs> But, and I think the other part of it was as I, if I look at compared to the first day to the second day, um, I, I laughed a lot in the second day too, but I gave myself permission to believe what I was receiving. Mm-hmm. You know, if I look back at that first reading, I received a lot of information, but was too afraid to trust it. mm mm-hmm. I mean, in day two, this this is how crazy it got for me. David's getting us to read the chakras, and each chakra has a different color. And he wants us to say, what is the color of the other person's chakra? Okay, I get to one of the chakras, I see a pumpkin. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh, sure. and, it's not, and it's not because it's orange. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm looking at the pumpkin, and I'm just talking about this pumpkin, but the pumpkin, and this is what I'm seeing, and I, I'm talking about it, laughing because it's just so crazy. The <laughs> pumpkin rotates, and the pumpkin has this opening, welcoming smile. Mm. And I described that to the person I was sitting across from, and they said, "Wow, you really just dis- you you really described me in that description."
0: Well, wow, what great reinforcement. And, and I feel like also in between the layers of what you're sharing is that it's a reminder for all of us that when we try something new, mm-hmm. you know, and there may be right now that someone is there, they've either lost their job or they're working at home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is new. Uh, I mean, I've heard, I've seen people struggling with with zoom what is this mm-hmm. thing wait oh maybe there's something good about connecting with people through the mm-hmm. computer the, the yep. resistance before and everything else and so you know as you were speaking i was really feeling that that kind of discomfort where it's like mm-hmm. wait i'm experiencing something new but whoa this is strange or i don't have a place to land with this i'm Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, I remember that when you were talking about the laughter, it made me think of when I would go to the doctor with my daughters when they were really little, and the doctor would be about to give them a shot. And sometimes I'd start giggling. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't laughing at them. It was the discomfort of what was about Mm -hmm. to happen that created this spontaneous laughter, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the other thing is that how in this society of productivity and do 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 were and you you're in a field that is based a lot on thinking and logic Mm -hmm. and your intellect and everything yeah and here you were feeling things Mm -hmm. yeah you know so i love how you said um you just gave yourself permission and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's the place like give yourself permission that I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I'm going to try something here and maybe mm-hmm. I'll look foolish, but I'm going to just give myself permission to go for the experience of right. what that is, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about what was the, okay, so i want to, I want to tie this together because the, the thing that's coming up for me is what was the impetus for writing your book? Mm-hmm. And... I, I would like to hear what you have to share. And I also want to say to the listeners that there is another level of vulnerability of writing mm-hmm. a book and putting your words out there or writing a blog. And so that's same thing that you were describing about uh, kind of like, okay, I've, I see something, but now I'm laughing because of the discomfort, mm-hmm. the, you know, the vulnerability of that. Mm-hmm. And so writing a book, and or creating something new is that there's a level of vulnerability so Mm -hmm. what was the impetus for you in writing
1: your book well again going back to awaken um during part of that we did a uh you know take a look at your vision what is in it for you where are you going and uh, the first thing that came to me was a book. I was to write a book. And I've been a journal writer for many years. I've got boxes full of journals in the basement. It's un, you know, I've just been writing a long time. I wouldn't say I do it. I did it all the time. But, you know, I find that writing for me gives me a way to see clarity in my thoughts. You know, if I'm going through a struggle, I can write about it. And, you know, I find that I, I complain a little bit, but it's really about, okay, how how should I deal with this within me? So I started writing a book at that time, and I think I put it aside because it didn't feel like it was the time. And then I got to another point where, okay, it's time. It's time to write that book. And as I'm looking at it, it seems to be like a cycle of, that's the next step for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I completed that book, I felt like, okay, I've taken the step to get myself to the next phase of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, and I, one thing I want to say here is that, you know, it's, it wasn't a goal, it was a phase. You know, I think that we get, too hooked on you. Got to get this goal. You got to make this much money. You got to do this. You got to do that. Got kind of to that. All these things are just mile markers on the road of life. It's a journey, and the only time you stop is when you don't get up the next morning. You know that's it. You're done, and the life is over. Um, so the impetus became that it was it was time for me to write because I was t- turning a next chapter of my life, and that's what the book encompassed was all the questions I was asking myself to say, okay, now I've completed that part. Okay. Now I'm at the next level. Where am I going now? Mm -hmm. And continue to grow from there.
0: Well, I love that. And there were some, again, there's so many things that you shared in there. I mean, one thing is that sometimes we sit down and we're writing every day and Mm -hmm. and a book starts to emerge out of that writing and then sometimes it's like we're writing and it's like okay that's all i'm gonna write right now i'm not gonna finish this right Mm now so but at some point you have to start it yeah right and Mm -hmm. um i know we will do a future show on your second book that will be coming out sometime in the next year Mm -hmm. and that you're in a process with that too it's like Mm -hmm you know, daily writing just to write, see what comes up. Um, Do you have any words that you want to say about the process that you're in with your second book?
1: I think that the the big thing is, again, it's, it's, again, turning another page in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, this feels, this book feels like a, uh, another major step in my life to get to the next, I don't know, I'll call it level for lack of a better term, Uh but it's just getting to that next phase. And this is really just helping me get to that point. Mm -hmm. And when I sit down to write, sometimes it's just, okay, here's what happened yesterday.
0: Mm -hmm. Here's
1: how I feel about it. Here's what, here's how I reacted to it. Oh, maybe I should have done it differently or done this or that. Sometimes it's just that. And that's all that comes out. And then sometimes I sit down and I start and I finish and I have no idea how I got from the, the beginning to the end because it just kind of flows. You know, I was writing, a, I, I think I shared with you uh, a week or so ago, what I think is the introduction to my next book.
0: Yes, and, you know? I, agree. and I agree, it is,
1: yeah. And when I sat down, it's just like, hmm, I think I put the title of introduction and then I just wrote. Yes, I edited it a little bit, but it was just like start to finish, and it's like, whew, okay. <laughs> I I I finished. I, I feel complete. I feel that I just dumped whatever was in the space at that time. Mm-hmm. So
0: well, and I want to say also that when I read, when you sent sent that to me and I read it, I was also aware that that came out of, uh, I'll just say, a year of writing and reflecting and processing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think yep. the other pieces are going to come out of that that year also, and that this whole idea of what's happening to all of us in the world that's kind of stopped As an opportunity to look and reflect and process is that you were doing that a year ago with just really looking deeply at your day-to-day thoughts, your day-to-day feelings, your day-to-day coffee shop. You know, it's like, uh, you know, a conversation here or there. And, mm-hmm. and so when that just kind of flowed out of you, mm-hmm. it came out of something that you had really been processing and thinking mm-hmm. about and feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to say that for listeners, too, mm-hmm. because I think sometimes those moments where it things do come together that mm-hmm. we forget or we don't talk about how actually it felt like nothing or i felt bored or it's like i felt empty or yeah. i you know had an occasional aha that was there mm-hmm. and everything yeah. and i also feel like i want to shift to your morning calm meditation mm-hmm. and highlight like that for people because it was one of those things that just kind of came for you um as an offering. So first, if you could just share, when did you first start meditating and tell us a little bit about that experience for you?
1: So I think I really, you know, if you want to call it meditation, I really started during awaken because mm-hmm. that's when I really got introduced to it. I had dabbled with it, you know, basically doing a guided meditations before that. Um, but it really became a practice for me during awaken and you know it's it's been an interesting journey for me Um, for me my meditation style is I'll put on some relaxing music and I'll just sit and usually when I sit down I say how long am I going to sit here for and I usually close my eyes at that point and not that my mind doesn't wander all over the place. It does at times. Um, but I just kind of gently just bring it back. And if I have to, I just fall into the music and just follow the notes for times and just breathe. And usually at some point i say, okay. And I open my eyes and most of the time it's pretty close to the time I set, you know, so I, I got an interesting story. I, uh, I was going to the gym for a while and uh, I would go to the gym I would do my workout and then I'd find a quiet space and I would just sit there as part of my cool off I would meditate I just sat down turned on the music closed my eyes and you know, it was just a corner of the gym you know people were still walking by but I just that's what I did I did my meditation there before I jumped in the shower and then off to work I remember one day a woman walked by as I was gathering my things together. She goes, you're Mr. Calm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thank you. I mean, I was doing this meditation for me, but I guess it was having an effect on other people too. So yes. I was I was grateful for that. So,
0: Well, and I feel like that is a really, I love that story. And it's, I love it on so many levels. But one thing I want to highlight for anyone who's listening is that, mm-hmm. The, you know what, you're doing for yourself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: meditating, writing, whatever your practice is, mm-hmm. that's actually rippling out into mm-hmm. the world. That your presence is what you're really cultivating, what you're really acknowledging there. And so, um, you know, because I would imagine, Sean, and knowing you, that because of that over 10 years of meditating that when you are in a room that people feel that calm, even if you aren't speaking it, even if you're talking about how the product is working, you know, mm-hmm. and how things are going in the, the office. But, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's, so for anyone who's looking for, well, what can I be doing during this time or how can I make a difference in the world? Meditate, meditate. Meditate. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, finding that place within you that calms you so that Mm -hmm. that's who you are in your household or on your calls with people from work or when you occasionally go out to the grocery store, because Mm -hmm. we're all going less frequently than we did. That's true. Yeah. Making one or two runs a month is what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then staying at home. So I wanted to just, I'd like you to talk a little bit about your Morning Calm and Mm -hmm. kind of why you started it and as an invitation for people to, I know that I'm posting the link in the the show page so that for anyone who wants to come over and check out the recordings that you have them on YouTube and you have them in a bunch of different places and you also do it live, but tell us a little bit about them.
1: So, uh, you know, as a lot of inspiration that comes to me, it's part of my morning ritual for writing. I was sitting there one morning and the, as I'm writing, the idea of doing a morning meditation came to me Mm -hmm. and it was like, hmm, interesting. Maybe I should do it for everybody at Herjabek Group. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should offer it to Herjabek Group. And, you know, I just, I said, okay, let me i mean it sounds like a good idea feels good let me just put that aside you know let you know i finished up my writing for the day contemplating that and just kind of sitting with it and the next day i sat down and wrote again and started talk, thinking more about morning calm and i got from that that it is more than just for herdback group So, and what I got from it was, is, you know, just a 10 to 15 minute guided meditation that I do live every Monday to Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And then I make the recording available for people who can't listen at that time or, you know, want to listen later. That's fine. And, uh, you know, I have really, people ask me, so how many people are listening to it? I says, I have no idea. So <laughs> I? You know, yeah, I look at the YouTube numbers, you know, but they're single digits kind of thing. But I'm always surprised at the number of people who have said something to me about morning calm. You know, one of my new rituals, you know, I walk at the end of the day. And uh, when I used to drive home from work, I would call people, usually my close family and a couple other friends to drive home. Um, now I'm calling people on my walk in the afternoon mm-hmm. and I've just expanded that group to say, okay, who haven't I talked to in a while? Mm-hmm. And uh, I called an ex-roommate of mine, you know, from university
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, we were chatting and things, you know, how's things going, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, hey, thank you for that meditation. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, first off, you know, I'm scared because now somebody sees me doing the meditation. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) The vulnerability.
1: (laughs) Right. But two, somebody was getting something out of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've had several different, a matter of fact, I had one today uh, because I posted on my social media feeds. One of them is LinkedIn and somebody commented on my post. Thank you for this meditation. And I was like, I don't even know who that person is. And (laughs) they're getting it because I don't think they were associated to me Uh through LinkedIn. And they were happy with it. So it's, you know, just um, realistically, I'm doing it for myself because it helps me get grounded and centered. And Mm -hmm. if it helps one other person, great. And I think it's, I'm hoping that it's helping more than one person. But, you know, those thanks that I get from people are just, you know, just like, oh, wow, nice.
0: Well, and I think it's also a reminder that you know we kind of look at the numbers to see how many people were. I mean, I mm-hmm. look at numbers to see how many people are. Is anyone listening? Do I want mm-hmm. to be keep doing this? Um, is it serving anyone? But I think it's a reminder also that someone might come to your Monday meditation, and then the mm-hmm. rest of the week they they're doing it on their own, yep. and. And so we don't know the impact. Mm-hmm. So trusting that voice inside of you that said, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do morning meditation. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. offer it for people at work. Yeah. And, then, and then waiting and kind of figuring out the logistics of it. What does mm-hmm. that look like? Because you're actually recording it in one place,
1: yeah.
0: doing it live, and then you're mm-hmm. uploading it to other places. So even mm-hmm. that doesn't even show the numbers, Mm -hmm. but it, that we don't even know how sometimes there's someone will do something and Mm -hmm. we're following that, that inspiration to do it. We're doing it from a heart-centered place. Mm -hmm. It's filling us up. That's very important. Which None of us should be doing anything where we're feeling, I mean, there's enough things that we have to do where Mm -hmm. we may feel depleted, but something like this, like really, Mm -hmm offer from your heart what that is Mm -hmm. and and then not even knowing you know that somebody might listen to it once and they Mm -hmm. who knows it starts them on a lifetime of meditating and yeah um so i'm glad you're doing it and i love it and sometimes i'll be cooking dinner and i'll play it in the background you know it's like i've already Mm -hmm. meditated in the morning but i want to hear your calm voice so I'm like mm-hmm. cooking with you clearing and guidance <laughs> in the background so I appreciate you thank you so I feel like this is this is the end of the show we talked about your book live mm-hmm. your purposeful life we talked about morning calm meditation and is there anything else you want to share before we sign off
1: no I'm, I'm good you know people our move to the, again, like my, like my morning meditation, I am surprised by the people who have read my book and come up to me and say, Hey, I read your book. It was great. And I was like, okay, who was that? You know, but that's just the way it works. I think that I put this out there and if it helps people great, that's, that's all that I'm hoping for. And, you know, if you feel the urge to pick up my book or to pick up my meditation and it helps you, Great. I'm thankful for you coming in and just I'm grateful that I can help you.
0: Mm. Well, I'm grateful for you, Sean. I thank you for being here. And I want to thank all the listeners also for, for being here and asking your own questions and really thinking about and feeling into what is mine to do right now? Mm-hmm. And that may be meditate every day. Mm -hmm. It may be to go to Amazon and uh, purchase Sean's book on either Kindle or paperback and let it speak to you and let it inspire you to use this time as a new opening. Carving a new path doesn't happen overnight. It is one step at a time.
1: One step at a time, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Sean.
1: Thanks for having me, Andrea.
0: All right.